ഹമദുറീമ <laughs> respected elders mothers and sisters listening at home bi fazlillahi ta'ala we have been covering extensively the seerah the khilafat of sayyidina umar ibn al-khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an we pray to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allah shower his mercy blessings upon this great great sahabi of rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam sayyidina umar ibn al-khattab We pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah shower his mercy upon every sahabi muhajir and ansar rizwanullahi ta'ala alayhim ajma'in Brothers in Islam we find unfortunately the propaganda campaign that surround us the antagonists especially amongst the non-muslims often when they study the biography of the companion <coughs> the sources are in rich arabic language and when it is translated or even for someone who's not well versed in the arabic language it can be very difficult to grasp the essence and what is meant by each individual or the quotation of each khalifa we find a lot of people amongst the non muslims unfortunately they accuse Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an that he was very unfair with the non-Muslim protected citizens living in a Muslim country. These individuals are known as the Zimmi, Zimmis. They have to pay tax to the Muslim government. Muslims have to pay zakat. All the same. There's no difference. As far as their wealth, honor, blood is concerned, they are equal. an equal opportunity is given to all by the muslim khalifa in fact when we study some of the seera as in the khilafat of the khulafa'i rashidin one will find that at times a non muslim was given a better position than even a muslim standing by due to individual talent due to merits due to his qualification so muslims were never prejudiced in fact khulafa'i rashidin were just rulers they like to again misrepresent misread and again the propaganda that is out there they wish not to impress the wider community of how the muslim rulers were especially on one occasion 
when Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala had written letters to his governors the governor of Persia he said to the Muslim governor that make sure Muslims don't imitate the kuffar in their dress code and the zimmi as in the kuffar living in a Muslim country should not dress up like how the Muslims dress up and so this point is taken that Hazrat Umar was unfair we talk about democracy in the modern world that we live in we talk about women and discussions that take place about the covering of the face and so people say Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab wrote a letter to his governor that Muslims should not dress up like the zimmi, the kuffar and the kuffar must not dress up like the Muslims there must be a distinction and some of these people say that this was so that they could treat the non-Muslims as secondary citizens, second class citizens to humiliate him and to disrespect them this is what they say of course unfortunately when you study the Arabic text muhaddisin, muarrikhin have given logical reasons as to why Hazrat Umar did not want the Muslims to dress up like the Persians and why he didn't want the Persians especially to dress up like the Muslims on the contrary if you read uh, the Spanish history the Spanish Inquisition when the crusaders took a hammering from Salahuddin Ayyubi they could not conquer an inch from him whilst he was taking control of Arzequds on their return back they saw Muslims uh, they, they saw the Muslims were off guard and attacked the Muslims in Spain and attacked them in such a way so many Muslims were killed massacred that even history until today does not record the true figure of how many individuals were killed Spanish Inquisition and those that were alive the government the Christian government had designed a special uniform like you have school uniforms a special uniform that Muslims could not wear the clothes of their own choice and that if they went out they would have to wear this uniform this garb this dressing like a like a gown from top to bottom and I, I read this many many years ago to, to my best uh, uh, memory what I recall even the color was something very conspicuous red or was it bright yellow that even in the night if they were to walk somebody can easily notice that this person is a traitor to this country and they would spit on him and they would not give him jo jobs unemployment for that person they would spit on him and do everything that uh, one would not even do to animals this is how the Muslims were treated in Spain and the Muslims were the main people who contributed as far as technology is concerned education is concerned what the West enjoys today is uh, the foundation was already laid by the Muslims huh? the seeds were planted by the Muslims and the fruits we enjoy today Allahu Akbar so it was devastating when you study history forced conversion just in Granada in one day as many as 4,000 children were baptized 4,000 
systematic cleansing. Compare the Spanish Inquisition and all the crusaders that had taken place, the crusades. Compare that with any khilafat of the Muslims. Allahu Akbar. And you will see that justice is clear. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab did not design a uniform for the Christians or for the non-Muslims. He simply said that I, didn't, I don't want the non-Muslims to dress up like the Muslims and the Muslims to dress up like the non-Muslims. Why? Allahu Akbar. He said that I want every community to maintain their national characteristics and national dress code. And that is why I don't want the locals to feel that all of a sudden Muslims have now taken over this country and just to appease the Muslim community we should dress up like the Muslims, wear a topi, grow a beard, wear a jabba, become like Muslims. No. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and said that whatever your national clothes are, your national dress code, I want all the communities to dress up in that manner. As for the Muslims, the Muslims must follow the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this was rahmah for them. This was not zulm. This was rahmah. This was something good for them. That freedom was already given to them. So Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab said that the Persians usually wear a mantiqa. Mantiqa is like a belt, a belt, a strap. And so he said to the Muslim governor, make sure that the Persians, when they go out, they have their mantiqa. And they have, it's like a zunnar. And they have this special coat that they would wear. And a long cap, the Persians would have that. So Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab said, make sure that the Persians don't feel that they need to dress up like the Muslims. And as far as the Muslims are concerned, for the Muslims, no way should they follow the, the Persians. Why? As Muslims, we have to follow the Sunnah of Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So this is the kind of propaganda that is out there Especially when you talk to non-Muslim historians And they will tell you that even as far as uh, your dress code is concerned In a Muslim country, this is what you have to do Recently, uh, well not recently, a few months back uh, I, I went to this church and uh, talking to them about Islam This old lady said, oh Sheikh, you know I went to Iran And Iran, I had to wear a scarf. In Iran, I had to wear a scarf. But so, so that's the law for everybody. It's like if you come to this country in England, you have to put on a seat belt, whether you like it or you, you don't like it. A seat belt is a must. Nobody tells you to cover your face. Nobody tells you what you need to wear. So it's the law of Iran for all, all the women, Muslims and non-Muslims. When you, when you want to go and visit a country, you have to respect the laws of that country. And so if the law states that no, a woman has to cover her head, then she has to cover. And if you don't like it, simply you don't go and visit that country. Allahu Akbar. So it's very, very simple. When you find Muslim, uh, Muslims talking with the wider community, non-Muslims, they often quote Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and misquote him. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala had given the people all the freedom that they wanted. In fact, what he said is that my wish is that the Persians must dress up like how their forefathers, for generations, like how they have dressed up. That is how they must wear their clothes. They must not change now because Muslims have taken over. Because the Persian empire now has been annexed to the Islamic empire. 
Allahu Akbar. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. My respected brothers, the sunnah is a powerful tool for da'wah also. Alhamdulillah. And I've said this many, many times, that many years ago when we were in school, just to wear a topi was a mission. Just to wear a topi was a mission. But today, subhanallah al-azim, never mind a topi, we have converts and should I say reverts in our first self wearing a lungi. Huh? Have you not seen that? What's that? Reverts wearing a lungi. MashaAllah. Now for them everything is very very literal. They see Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he had a miswak and his clothes was not izar, he, he was wearing a lungi though he prefers izar, they want to wear a lungi. And so this sunnah is a powerful tool of da'wah. And that is why when you study history, you will find that to any community, if ever, even to the slightest, if Islam was exposed to them, they would certainly embrace Islam. They would come and embrace Islam. And so we really need to open up now and explain to them and give them da'wah and mashallah to embrace the sunnah with hikmah, with wisdom. Now, Alhamdulillah, they are doing the job for us. They were places in England, remote areas, remote areas in the countryside, if any Muslim woman was to wear a hijab, they'd say, hey, who's this here? Who's this here? But the media has done the work for us. The media has done the work for us. They have promoted the sunnah of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Now, even in the countryside you go, when they look at a Muslim woman with a hijab, they say, oh yeah, we saw this kind of, these kind of ladies in the TV. Right, right, they are Muslims. Huh? So, it's being promoted. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works in His own ways. Subhanallah, you know. So that is why we should never shy, shy off my respected brothers. MashaAllah, we are Muslims, we are clean, pure people. Uh, ulama have mentioned that there was this wali of Allah, a buzruk, possibly in the region of India. He had a beard. He went to one shop close by to buy some oil, tail, tail khareed And so this person, the shopkeeper, he was not a Muslim. And said to him, he was a wali of Allah. And said to him, you want tail, I'll give it to you. But this time giving him the tail, the oil, this shopkeeper started to laugh and laugh and laugh. So this man said, why do you laugh? What's the problem? All of a sudden you find someone giggling, laughing. Is there something wrong? And so he said, no, no. Mali Saab, you know what? Your goatee beard looks like the beard of my goat behind my house here. And I think that my goat's beard looks better than your beard. What did he say? You get some, some people who have a beard and it's a small goatee beard. Just for, for brothers to understand. But he had a beard. He didn't have hair here, but he had hair here. So he says, you know, your, your beard and my goat's beard, they resemble, but my goat's beard is better than yours. Now he was a wali of Allah. He took offense to that. Many a times people don't realize and all of a sudden when a person wants to change and he decides that from today, inshallah, he will practice the sunnah. And when he puts on a topi, when he puts on his jabba, family members will want to mess around. Ah, what do they say? Look at this person. He wants to become a wali. Look at this person. Even if a lady 
if she was not wearing a scarf and she decides now to put on a scarf you'll find the family members first instead of encouraging her they want to attack her and they say oh jo apa banige here you are look look at this apa walking in front of me instead of encouraging mashallah and appreciating what a challenge it is in pakistan you walk with your jabba there's nothing difficult but mashallah in europe uh, in in countries where you have you know as compared to the wider community very few muslims and to mashallah uphold the sunnah of nabi kareem sallallahu alaihi wasallam is the true jihad so this man got very angry wali of allah he said inshallah one day before i die i pray to my allah that i will answer your question whether my beard is better or your goat's beard is better than mine and so this man just laughed and the conversation ended there he went he was a great sheikh he said one he said to one of his close disciples murid that look when i die i know the qabristan is just in front here you only need to take me from here to there qabristan is in front but i want you to reroute the janaza i want you to take my janaza around and stop my janaza at the doorstep of this person who was selling tail oh, nobody knows anything about it so he says hazrat are you sure this no no remember this is my wasiyat for 3 minutes put my janaza just there in front of the door and after 3 minutes then lift my janaza and take me back to our address what is our address the real address is our qabristan allahu akbar ibrahim bhai last week ibrahim bhai natalia i i i recall when i was being juma here he was there listening allahu attentively and in fact last session of juma ibrahim was sitting here just here and today he is not here death comes anytime no guarantee huh? allah just now 32 year old huh? lady who has passed away allah give her jannah Amen. allah give her jannah allah bless all the marhumin but death comes ibrahim by 72 huh? our sister here 32 allah bless them all with jannah this is the reality my respected brothers but what you take with you is your good deeds so this man was touched and it, it shattered him it broke his heart that how can you uh, talk to me in this manner i have the sunnah of rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam eventually to cut the story short when he passed away the murid all of them said yes let's take the janaza the, the khas murid said no 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 this is hazrat wasiyat this is what we have to do took the janaza took it near the shop shop door and the shopkeeper is saying bhai what's the janaza doing in front of me this is a hazrat has said we have to keep it for 3 minutes here nobody knows anything ulama have mentioned what is difficult for allah allah is that khaliq who created isa alayhi salatu wassalam without a father allah is that khaliq who created adam alayhi salam without a mother and father allah is that khaliq who makes a caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly allah is khaliq malik subhanallah what is difficult for him the janaza is put there and from the janaza immediately a voice can be heard and that person said to the shopkeeper that today alhamdulillah i can say that my beard is better than the beard of your goat why i take my beard with me in the qabr which is the sunnah of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam
And that is it. They lifted up the janazah and took it. So it is vitally important. Dress code. Huh? Allahu Akbar. Today we find Muslim women, they'll wear a scarf and then tight jeans. What's that? You're wearing a scarf and then you're wearing a tight, tight, tight jeans. And they want to wear t-shirts. Hey, what are you doing? MashaAllah, you've already put on a scarf. Make extra effort. At least wear clothes that are loose. Start from something. At least wear clothes that are loose. Slowly, slowly, slowly. It's an evolutionary condition for a person. But don't make it too late. Don't be too comfortable. Because death can come at any time. You recall the time Sayyidina Musa alayhi salatu was salam when he challenged uh, the Fir'aun and Fir'aun said that you are a magician and I will call all my magicians and the entire team of the magicians were on one, one side and Musa alayhi salam with Harun alayhi salam there with his asa at an appointed day some of the magicians said that look what costume are we to put on it's a big event in front of the palace of Fir'aun everybody will be there all of the Egyptians and today we will impress Fir'aun and we will be those who are extremely close to him one of the senior magicians said that look we want to humiliate Musa alayhi salatu was salam let's dress up like Musa alayhi salam let's dress up like unintentionally he said that and all of them dressed up like Musa alayhi salam with little sticks with asa and so in this open field everybody is like Externally, like Musa alayhi salam. Ulama have mentioned khair, whatever happened, all of them fell into prostration. And they said, Rabbi Musa wa Harun, our Lord is Musa, our Lord is Allah, the Lord of Musa and Harun alayhi salam. Mufassirin have mentioned Allah blessed them with iman because they imitated in their dress code of two great Nabi, Musa alayhi salam and Harun alayhi salam. Unintentionally, Allah blessed them with iman. Why? Because of emulating Anbiya alayhi salatu wassalam. Imagine Sayyidina Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah give us the tawfiq. Another accusation, serious accusation, is the fact that Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiyallahu ta'ala an did not allow one particular Christian community that was known as the tribe of Banu Taghlab. Banu Taghlab were Christians living in a Muslim community. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala did not allow them to baptize their children. Now some of the Christians have this habit that as soon as the child is born, like how we Muslims want to circumcise the child immediately, what they would do is they would want to baptize, soak some parts of the body in water and purify the child and the priest will be doing something and it's a blessed child now. The soul is pure. So this is what is known as baptizing your child. Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an would prohibit them. Again, this is not the right quotes by these people uh, who have not understood exactly what Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an said to the governors. The problem was, when these individuals, uh, Christians from Banu Taglab, when they intermingled with the Muslims, they wanted to learn about Islam and eventually they became Muslims. So slowly you had one or two becoming Muslims. The next week you had another one or two becoming Muslims. And during that process of MashaAllah, people reverting to Haq and the truth, 
there were cases one or two individuals had passed away after embracing Islam they passed away leaving behind children now what had happened the father was a Christian then he became a Muslim and he had some children the Christian priests would immediately take the children from this Muslim father and the Christian church would take control of the children and the priest would immediately baptize them so that the child grows up to be a Christian but it is when the Muslim governors found out they wrote a letter to Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala came and said what is happening here the father is a Muslim as far as the baptizing is concerned in your own locality whatever you want to do, do but here the father is a Muslim and for the priests to take the child and to baptize him so that the child grows up to be a Christian is not right Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and stopped them and said none of you must now baptize if the father is a Muslim then that child is also a Muslim why? Every child that is born is born upon that state of fitrah, that natural state that you worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that it is your parents that turn you away from haq. So you become Christians, you become Hindu, you become Sikh, you become whatever you are, Jews, whatever. But you turn away from haq. We must do shukr that Allah has blessed us with iman. And that our parents were iman. Their parents, grandparents were all Muslims, alhamdulillah. Again, from from this incident, we, we find that Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala an's main worry was to make sure that iman is protected. Security of iman. Today, unfortunately, we have a lot of individuals who come even to this masjid and say, Mali sahab, we want to perform nikah. Okay? MashaAllah. And when you when they give the name of the bride Samantha they want to marry Samantha and any other name that comes to your mind Umar think of a name is your wife listening okay you can't say anything Shalomar Idris are you going to say anything huh Jane oh Shabbir your wife better not be listening to you now huh Jane says Shabbir Siraj do you say anything uh, nothing. And when I look at the certificate, I say, why? We have a problem here. You are a Muslim, mashallah, but this lady, oh, she's a Christian. She's a Christian. Allahu Akbar. Now, my brothers, the best example is Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala. Again, here, if you see all of the rules that were set by Sayyidina Umar ibn al Khattab, obviously, rules are from the Quran and Sunnah. But then, as a Khalifa, he had some stipulations Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him that wisdom and with that wisdom mashallah he would govern and rule people that is why when some of the Muslim governors married Christian ladies and Jewish ladies anticipating that maybe they will become Muslims of course Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab found out and said that no 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 it does not befit the governor of Umar ibn al-Khattab the one who I have selected as a governor that in your homes you have a Christian woman. And he said, all of you now, now I want you to divorce them. Huh? The control he had, every single one of them divorced except for Hazrat Huzaifa. Hazrat Huzaifa was scholarly. 
So that Omar said to him, Bhai, I said, divorce your wife. Hazrat Zuzaifa said, Amirul Mu'mineen, can you provide for me any verse of the Quran or any saying of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam that prohibits me to have relationship with this woman? Hazrat Umar said that, Hazrat Umar was Umar. Hazrat Umar said, Huzaifa, Christian woman and a Jewish woman is like wine, kal khamri, like wine, alcohol. He said, Naam, 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 yes. Divorce He says, Amirul Mu'minin, give me evidence. Hazrat Umar said, she is like wine. Again for the third time. Give me evidence. Hazrat Umar said, I said to you, she is like wine. It is said that after a few days he divorced her. <laughs> after a few days he divorced her. Now people fail to understand that the permission Quran gives for you to marry someone who is of Ahle Kitab is with condition. You can't just find any woman, oh, mashallah, oh, I saw her and you've fallen in love with her and you've given her your heart and that's it, she's my wife now. The Quran says you can marry. What does the Quran say? The Quran says, وَالْمُحْسَنَاتُ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنَاتُ وَالْمُحْسَنَاتُ مِنَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابِ That if ever that person who decides to marry or take in someone who is of a Jewish or a Christian background, then he himself must be a strong believer, a strong Muslim. And both of them have to be muhsana, which nowadays muhsana would mean a lady who, who does not practice immorality. She is faithful, she is loyal, a chaste lady, a clean, pure lady. If that lady comes from a family background, a traditional background, whereby she is a very, very, uh, a lady who, who has the right of bringing modesty, haya, good morals, and she has no illicit relationship with anybody else, only then, only then, permission is granted. Again, with strict conditions, ulama have mentioned, even after that, it is better to go and consult the local ulama. And only after a team of ulama, the, the mashwira they give you, that is khair for you. But as an individual, you can't go. And Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab would give fatwa, no. We have today Muslim women. And what is happening to our Muslim women today? And so we have to be very, very careful. What people fail to understand, at times they want to marry a lady of a different religious background. And then, in the future, after one or two years, you have children. Many a times it has happened that that child, instead of being named Muhammad Abdullah Yusuf Abdul Rahman, the name is John Smith and Tom. John Smith and Tom. They, to, to the father's side, his name is Muhammad. To the mother's side, his name is John. And they want to compromise. So there is, Allahu Akbar, there is a serious problem. We have to be very, very careful. And especially our young girls, Muslima, who go to universities and boys who study, we have to be very, very careful. To make sure that the partners that you choose, Alhamdulillah, it is khair if you choose someone who is already a a Muslim. It is khair in there. I'm not saying we must not give dawah to people. I'm not saying anything else. I am just saying Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and would take a lot of precautionary measures and we have to be very very careful. If he told his governors to divorce the women folks then in which category do we fall in? 
Unfortunately today what also happens You will find couples getting married And if the house does not work The husband Very easy for him to get rid of the, the wife He'll say Out of the nikah Now if the custody For the children is with the wife The wife has personal Grudge and vendetta against the husband She uses the children Against the father And winds up the children so that the father is deprived So that the children don't see the father Why the custody is with the mother And vice versa If the custody is with the father Then the father will bring Wash the child and say Oh your mother is an evil lady This is who she is This is who she is This is who she is And naturally the children hate the mother this is not Islam, my respected brothers. In fact, we need not to even go to civil courts. You have so many masajid here. Go to the ulama. And you need a third party, mashallah, that is involved. And alhamdulillah, if we follow the sunnah of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you don't need an agony aunt. Is that what they call her? An agony aunt. You won't need that. Because the solution is in Islam. When we turn away from Islam, that is where we go wrong. And so these are just some of the incidents that have taken place in the time of Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu ta'ala. And, and today we find some historians who have accused Sayyidina Umar ibn al-Khattab very wrongfully. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us all the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. اللهم صل على سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمد النبي الأمي وعلى آله والسلام تسليما اللهم تقبل منا وتب علينا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك العفو والعافية في الدنيا والآخرة اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك عبدك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما سعادك منه نبيك عبدك محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وأنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله سمعنا وطعنا غفرانك ربنا وإلي المصير برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين